You're listening to Human Rights Talks, organized by the Montreal Institute for Genocide and Human Rights Studies. Our executive director, Kyle Matthews, is organizing a series of interviews to support the AI and COVID disinformation initiative by the OSCE Office for the Representative of Freedom of the Media. Hello, uh, my name is Kyle Matthews. I'm executive director of the Montreal Institute for Genocide and Rights Studies. Uh, we're very pleased today to um, be doing a, a series of interviews um, for the OSCE's Office for Media Freedom um, on artificial intelligence, uh, disinformation, and the COVID crisis. To kind of understand what's happening in the uh, on the internet about disinfo, particularly around COVID or the time of COVID, and what are some of the tools available uh, to deal with this? And um, so I'm very lucky today to be joined by uh, Atir Gatami. He's a senior research researcher and head of dynamics at RISE, the Research Institute of uh, Sweden. Um, Atir, uh, wonderful, Atir, wonderful to have you today to join us from Gothenburg. Thank you, Kyle. It's a pleasure. So, um, uh, Atir, I first wanted to ask you, uh, you came across our radar, um, you're doing really interesting work, and um, and it came across us, uh, your project, Fact-Checking AI. Um, I maybe you would like to start with this and tell us about what is this project and, and what gave impetus to its development and, and, and its current implementation? What 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 are you trying to do and, and, and what spurred you to actually develop this? Uh, I mean, uh... As people probably have noticed for the last four or five years, we've had the problem with the uh, disinformation and the so-called fake news as uh, was uh, named by someone. Uh, This is, uh, of course, problematic because I think it has been a long time ago since we really started to question science and it has, you know, got to... Uh, it's not even silly, it's more like dangerous level where people are questioning, you know, uh, the, uh, the roundness of Earth, uh, you know, there's this flat Earth uh, uh, movement. And uh, when it comes to that level where uh, uh, there is always an alternative fact, uh it's really dangerous. Uh, then basically people can believe whatever they want to believe. And uh, so from that perspective, uh, this uh, problem was uh, really important. It's interesting scientifically, uh, and it's very hard. And this is why we uh, started to look at it. Uh, actually, I started to look at it uh, uh, with my startup uh, that I had at the time, uh, it was hard to get uh, really, uh, you know, media to invest in it, uh, which is I still think is a mistake because they don't know that even their business is actually moving. Uh, and uh, I, I think if there is, if they would move into tech and call themselves a tech company, this is exactly what they should provide. It's not about that they are a channel because they are much faster channels nowadays. Uh, it's really about uh, 
their credibility, that they actually make sure that the information they provide is, uh, you know, as correct as possible. Of course, we know that we can't always make sure that this happens, but we can make sure that we are doing our best to uh, have the right information provided to the uh, uh, public. So now I started. So I started to, uh, you know, uh, do some uh, research and apply it with some funding. It wasn't actually a minor funding because at the end of the day, you really uh, need uh, to have um, uh, me media, you know, uh, investing uh, in that. But you know, from more from intellectual technology point of view, we're you know thinking about what we can do today. You know, uh, AI is not a mature technology, so what can we do today with the existing technology? And you know. There are many ways to uh, uh, to look at it. You can look at it from you know source perspective, how you can actually detect the source of information. Uh, you can uh, detect the credibility uh, of uh, the uh, the source in terms of who's writing the the article. But also, you can do fact checking. You know, really making sure. So. Uh, I know that I've been uh, in a conversation with a friend, you know, uh, you know who has been worse, uh, Hitler or Stalin? Who killed more people? And just, you know, such a, a discussion, it's very hard uh, to, um, to assess which one is right at the moment. You need to do a lot of research. I would like to have uh, a system, you know, checking a statement like uh, Stalin killed more people, uh, uh, more uh, you know, more people than Hitler, uh, which I, I believe is incorrect and turns out to be incorrect. Uh, but you needed to do some research. I would like to have a system that provides uh, an answer whether this is correct or not. So, in in the the work that you're doing, um, uh, fact fact checking AI. Um, there's a there's something on your website. You say that AI is more precise than a million people, and I think this is what a what a lot of people talk about is that the ability to um, that AI can do things that humans can't. We just we can we don't have the um, the human resources to to cover everything online. So your this tool that you're building is going is developed in order to do that. Um, how how will this be deployed? I know the project is not over. Um, you're you're in the midst of it, but is this a tool that's going to be made available um, to to anyone in Sweden or across Europe? Or well, how do you envision this tool being deployed? Um, so the vision is, I mean, of course, we are far from there because we need resources. That's uh, that's really the biggest uh, issue. But if it would ever uh, be uh, completed, uh, then there are actually two ways uh, you can. I mean, we have been thinking about the ethical part of it because it's dangerous in the sense that just imagine someone, uh, uh, you know, some extremist looking for a certain statement and they just happen to get support for some question that is unclear uh, because, you know, you can look at things differently. This could also be, uh, uh, you know, misused. So we're thinking maybe to start with, it should be a support to journalists because they're experts. They can handle the uh, the data and the information uh, probably in a more professional manner. And then in an 
in a more controlled way, you could probably release it to the public. I mean, there are things you can watch political debates, and I think that's in every country, including uh, open society like Sweden, where democracy has gone very far, where you see people, you know, politicians uh, throwing numbers left and right. And these things could be easy to check. It just turned out that there is no support for these numbers. Uh, I think this this is very easy to build and it would be useful uh, to people just that, okay, what are the bases for such a statement? We see there are no bases and then, uh, you know, so this is where we envision that, uh, you know, where it could be used first and foremost for a journalist. But of course, the dream is to make it available for the public because it has also an educational value. Yeah. Um, and you also mentioned that that part of the project is looking at videos, so not just written text or statements, but videos. Um, and I'm wondering, um, does that include, because there's a lot of talk about, about deep fakes, I'm wondering if, if that's something you envision your work doing, is looking at, at altered videos um, to see like what is real and what's not, because there's, there's a lot of people talking about this, this, info, uh, uh, this infodemic and, and the alteration of of, um, of videos um, to trick people or misinform them. Is this something that's on the horizon? Uh, this actually was uh, also part of the project uh, where we were designing what should, uh, because this project is supposed to be in uh, several phases and the phase we're at, we're trying to look for, uh, uh, you know, some, uh, uh, you know, companies or media interested in investing because these are the conditions to apply for the funding, as simple as that. Uh, and uh, fake, uh, deep fakes was one of them because it's really scary. I mean, we can really see how, I mean, before seeing was believing. Uh, if you go to, before when you, when you went to court, you had, uh, uh, someone uh, on the record, you know, uh, that was a proof. Uh, this will definitely not be the case uh, in five years. That's for sure. Unless we have some technology to detect the deep fakes. And uh, uh, as of uh, today, we don't really know. But we really need to understand how these deepfakes are generated, maybe we can see some pattern where it can be easy to uh, detect. And it's a huge problem. This could be a huge problem. I mean, people are focusing on the wrong things, talking about r robots taking over the world, you know, uh, human distinct. I, I think the danger is right there where actually the uh, human beings themselves were uh, uh, be uh, the cause of the fall of uh, the human race because they will kill each other <laughs> before the robots will uh, kill the humans. Um, uh, Atir, I'm wondering, um, in is is are we seeing any forms of disinformation right now in Sweden, particularly on the internet around COVID? Are you seeing through your work, um, an acceleration of disinformation. Um, I'm, I'm wondering uh, what's what's happening on the internet uh, where where you're based. 
Yeah, actually, you don't have you. You don't need advanced technology to detect uh, such thing. It's all over Facebook. At least uh, you know in the beginning, people just sharing information left and right. You know all these uh, false statements, all these so-called doctors, uh, you know, claiming that this and that about uh, COVID. So, uh, and one of the reasons uh, is simply people don't have an easy way to check the source uh you know, just such thing and it's actually people who are spreading the information so it's not much intelligence beyond what is done you know social media uh, there is of course intelligence in these algorithms that know what kind of groups and people they could target that would be easy you know uh, targets to spread this misinformation so of course uh, uh this is an intelligent way of doing that, uh, but detecting that wouldn't be a hard thing, and you can see it. And it's not only COVID; it's everything. You see it in Sweden, it's all political uh, statements. We also have, you know, uh, the far right conservatives who are, you know, like in many countries who who are growing and actually spreading a, a lot of this. Uh, and misinformation. So, so um, Atir, this is interesting because now you're touching upon something that's fundamental uh, to the uh, OSE's mandate, I'm, and I'm talking about freedom of expression. Um, and and part of what I'm interested in is understanding the link to freedom of expression, especially when touching upon how AI is or may be used to confront COVID-related disinformation. Um, so, on one point, um, you know. Uh, what is the role, from your view as a as a researcher in AI, of seeing the perspectives of content moderation of these tech companies, um, of, of removing uh, disinformation online, uh, taking it off? A lot of people say they're doing a bad job and that the business models actually promote that. But but is there a danger in 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 in, in having these platforms controlling? Who can speak or not, or, or 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 taking people offline? Is this something that 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 you think is an ethical issue, and that mm. you and your colleagues think about during your work? Mm. I mean, I mean, this is is probably not only my colleagues that are entitled to discuss this question. I think this is something that uh, uh, everyone could uh, participate in. I, I'm not sure if. If I have a standing, uh, because it is a difficult question. It is this, you know, picture saying that you're driving. I mean, we always ask machines uh, to do things that we cannot do. Like you drive in a car, uh, you have a, a baby in the car, and you're seeing an old man or woman across the street, and you have two options. You can uh, avoid uh, killing uh, that old person, or uh, and then it means that you kill yourself and the baby in the car or you kill that uh, the old person so what should the car do if it's an autonomous uh, car same thing uh, when it comes to uh, uh, this question uh, one hand what happens if ex extremists uh, would uh, spread uh, lies and uh, uh, you know dangerous uh, uh, things uh, what should uh, what should these companies? On one hand, they are private companies, so it's not a state; they can do whatever they want. On the other hand, uh, you know, saying that, but 
they are not to decide who expresses what. But then we have, I mean, we have extremists on other side like ISIS, etc. Should they put their videos, you know, uh, killing people, etc.? Uh, of course, I would say no, right away. I mean, no question. So, and it is like. And I can give you another example, autonomous driving, because I've been working with it a lot. You know, uh, there was a smart man who said that it doesn't matter if we have autonomous cars and reduces the number of people killed in traffic from one million to half a million, we will not get half a million thanks letters. We will get uh, half a million uh, suitcases. <laughs> so uh, I think it's more, uh, there is always a different opinion and people need to understand their different opinions. And just everyone, you know, playing uh, uh, the, you know, being the righteous uh, person, you know, to judge other people and decisions. I think that uh, Twitter, Facebook, they have been debating that for a long time. And it's been a hard decision for them. And they don't know uh, what to do, when to do what. They've been criticized for not banning. Now they criticized for banning. And actually, I understand both views. I don't know personally. So I think maybe we people need to agree on where the limit goes. So, and and, and, and I, I think that's coming to it because it's some of this responsibility falls not just on the private sector, but yeah. on governments. You know, governments must uphold uh, their laws. They must guarantee citizens have freedom of expression. But there are limits to you know hate speech or or, or violent actions or inciting violence. We all know um, that's um, there's a fine line and that we shouldn't cross. And the same thing with disinformation. Um, you know, uh, people can ex express certain things, but but if it's purposely done to trick people, um, like we see foreign interference to trying to trick people to say the vaccine is not safe in order that the population will get sick and 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 it gets into a strange yeah. geopolitics. But, but the th if I could talk about your project, what's interesting is that I don't think your project threatens freedom of expression using AI because you're fact checking. You're not, you're not taking down accounts. You're looking, exactly. for, you're looking for what accounts are real, if they're bots, um, who's spreading them. And, and, and I think that is a, is a key thing for perhaps governments to look at. Do you, do you think governments should be taking that approach and... And I think so. I did uh, get in touch with the... Uh, so everything that has to do with media is under the uh, 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 Swedish, uh, um, what do you call it, culture minister. And, oh, yes, it's interesting, but there is, yeah. There is no, no room to spend. It's like, are you kidding me? I actually been in touch with the Swedish uh, uh, Defense Research Institute of course, they work with this information all the time. They didn't have time to spend on this, uh, which is extremely weird, I would say. So I, I've been uh, trying to reach out. Uh, they know about the problem. Nothing is happening. Why? I have no idea. So, so this is interesting. Is that um, um, part of your product talks about that this issue of disinformation, uh, fake information online is a global problem, but we need local solutions. Um, and I think we see a disconnect sometimes that there's more and more people realizing what's happening online is a, a threat to human rights, a threat to security, a threat to democracy, but yet our institutions seem to be moving very slow 
to try to mount a response. Um, yeah. um, and and so uh, so so this is kind of where I think we need like political will, someone up in government that says, "Hey, let's put some resources into this." Um, do you see? Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Atir, please continue. No, I will just. Uh, I mean, I, I support what you're saying. I mean, it's really. Uh, like everything when it comes to AI, uh, it needs to come from the top, and this is something that government can investment, invest in, and it's actually not that much money compared to the cost that the society is paying due to uh, these problems. So I'm just surprised. I don't know. So so you're surprised, I'm surprised, um, and I would argue it's similar in Canada. Uh, we're really starting to wake up and realize that, oh, there's all sorts of nefarious stuff going on. Our citizens, some citizens are being radicalized, taking crazy ideas. Um, how can we do this? But there's also, I guess, a fear um, about clamping down too hard that would take away people's freedom of expression. Um, and I'm wondering, from your perspective, um, working on AI, uh, what is the best use of AI to deal with um, disinformation, but also guarantee freedom of expression? Should governments come up with some international agreement? Is it working more closely um, with tech companies in their own jurisdiction? What do you think is a strategy uh, to deal with, to guarantee this freedom of expression, but also um, deal with a problem that we really, is with misinformation, disinformation? Yeah, I mean, actually we have at least in Swedish law saying that yes, you can say whatever you want, but you cannot, uh, you know, in, incite, you know, harming people, et cetera. So th this is forbidden, so you cannot say, Yes, uh, uh, those uh, people uh, uh, should be uh, burned to death, etc. That's that's a crime. So there's actually law, uh, you know, that forbids that. Oh, there's uh, uh, freedom of speech. Though the problem is that this law is not exercised that much, even like before disinformation, just in general. So maybe it's time to take it. Uh, more seriously then people know i mean yes you uh, uh you are uh, you're allowed to uh, express your opinions about me i have a terrible uh, moral i do terrible things etc 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 but it does not give you the right that you appear as a, a judge if i really committed a crime then uh, there's a place for that. You cannot just uh, take that decision for yourself. I think it's as simple as that. Uh, so I, I do believe in freedom of speech, but they're very clear. You know, we, we know there are some extremists who express themselves in a, uh, in a very uh, clear uh, way uh, at any direction. So whether it's religious or political or whatever. So that's, I think, very... To me, it seems... The, to be not that hard if you take it seriously. So, um, so, so basically, um, governments have to be a little more proactive. Um, they need to put more resources at dealing with the issue of kind of governing cyberspace in their own jurisdictions, looking for disinformation. Um, but they might not have the tools. So, so it sounds like what you're developing um, will be. Um, hopefully uh, something that could be used by governments and the media to, to fact check and, and, and to kind of create um, a more stable cyberspace while guaranteeing freedom of expression. Definitely, that's really the, uh, the goal. And we, you know, we need resources. Uh, 
the wall is there. I think we have really uh, looked at concrete solutions and not you know trying to uh, do hard things that we don't know where it's going to lead, but actually identified uh, existing technology that uh, could make this uh, happen, and uh, we've been very careful. You know, it should not uh, it should not be you know limiting people, or it should not be misused. And that's why we're targeting at least journalists. It's time for journalists to really you know go back to their uh, you know real role. You know, try to uh, uh, tell the truth instead of just taking a position. And I would say that goes to uh, all media, left and right, I have to say, uh, where it has been more important to make a statement than tell the truth. But here, this is media, though, so it's dangerous. I don't want to sound like, uh, uh, you know, uh, other politicians, the media are not telling the truth. What I'm saying is that uh, let's try to be less political and try to take sides uh, less and try to provide information and be uh, open. So I'm not. I still respect the media. I think they're doing a great job most of the time. But it's just you know that's the environment right now where because of some extreme part, other media is changing direction, trying to make a standpoint because they think this is so important. But I don't think it's productive. Well, on that note, Atir, I'd really want to thank you for joining us, sharing your knowledge um, and talking about a whole set of issues related to freedom of expression and AI and COVID disinformation. Um, I look forward to, to following your project and seeing what comes out of it uh, by 2022. Thank you very much. Thank you, Cosmina. Pleasure.